right, we're back with a special episode of the 132 Breeze podcast for all you World Cup fans out there. We are coming down to the end here with the knockout, with the first round of the knockout round, completing KC. Happy Fourth of July. Well, happy Fourth of July. It's good to be here on uh, America's holiday. America, independence, freedom, cookouts, fireworks. Here we go. Let's go fireworks. Uh, firing up the grill. Yeah. Things are already starting to smell in the air. Uh, yeah, just getting ready to get ready to celebrate America. Yep. Are you a big uh, Fourth of July guy, Marlo? I am a huge Fourth of July guy. Oh. I think it's one of the most underrated holidays of the year. Okay. It does suck that this year is in the middle of the week. Yeah. Kind of, kind of throws things off. But um, we still got fireworks. Still got you know prime grilling season. And uh, yeah, I mean things were popping off last night all over the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, we have a. Uh, our dog does not handle fireworks well, so it's not my favorite <laughs> holiday. Uh, uh, to be honest, as we have to kind of help the dog calm down, and he's breathing heavily into our faces as we're trying to rest. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to some cookouts. We're gonna. I think I mentioned this on Sunday. Go down to by the lake, see the carnival, see if uh, if that's any fun. And if not, we'll just head back home and and relax. So. Should be a, a more low key one for us. All right, and I hope you hope everyone stays safe out there. Yes, yeah, stay safe. Um, let the professionals handle the fireworks. We're going to be a complete World Cup today. Yep. And we have finished the first round knockout round. What do you, what do you call that round? By it's the just, way, it's just it's the just round of sixteen. The round of sixteen. It's uh, it's so know, confusing. I know. There's no uh, nice uh, nice the sounding name, nice name name to it. You know, uh, like the Sweet 16, it's just round of 16. And going forward, it's just quarterfinal, semifinal. There's no fun, uh, I guess, alliteration there <laughs> in the name. So we have to go with the, the standard uh, definitions. But yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the round of 16 and then a look ahead to the quarterfinals. Um, I just wanted to highlight, I guess, Marlo, a couple games from uh, the round of 16. And the first we touched on, I think, on Sunday's pod, uh, but France and Argentina, which I think was uh, the most exciting game and probably the most confusing game for me as a fan. Um, I was a fan of, uh, obviously a fan of Messi and a fan of uh, some of the players on France, and I picked France to win, so I kind of had these mixed emotions. Anytime anything happened for one of the teams, a goal either way, I was... Excited, but sad at the same time. So it was a really weird, <laughs> really weird uh, pro- uh, game for me, kind of emotionally. Uh, but in the end of the game, it was real back and forth. France won 4-3. to three. Yeah, it's a, uh, it was a high-scoring affair. It was, with some great goals. Uh, Pavard had maybe the goal of the tournament, uh, as I kind of tweeted out. I think I watched that clip of him scoring that goal, I don't know, a hundred times. It was amazing. Um, the technique that he used on that goal uh, was awesome. Um, Do you just watch it every time before you go to bed a couple times? Just, just sitting <laughs> a couple <laughs> times. No, I think I have it committed to memory at this point, just <laughs> staring at it for, for so long. Um, but in the in the end of the game, we mentioned it was back and forth, but France was just a little bit more talented and a lot more athletic as we saw Mbappe run kind of all over him. Uh, and it could have been Mbappe's uh, coming out party. We'll see. And we'll, uh, maybe he'll be, we'll look back and we'll talk about this in a little bit, the, the star of the tournament that we remember. But it was uh, a really entertaining game, if nothing else. Maybe not the best soccer, um, yeah. but really entertaining. Yeah, poor Messi. Yeah. Gets knocked out in the round of 16. I don't know. 
It's is it enough? Is he a goat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, a great player can only carry his team so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think. No, honestly, though, I think. When we look back, Will, and maybe now we're already looking back, I think you can really see the flaws in this Argentina team. Uh, they just didn't have the depth that they had in the past. Uh, you know, we talked about earlier in the preview podcast about some of their aging stars. And I think, you know, when they went up against France, who's a much younger, much faster team, that really uh, was shown out. And I think, uh, I guess, as I was watching this game, I talked about my mixed emotions. France won. But Messi, I think, played really well. He didn't have the goals, but he, you know, set up two of the goals, um, and kind of was the only creative force uh, on Argentina. And uh, I think without him, uh, if without Messi, Argentina is not even in the World Cup, which would be a disaster. Yeah. And that's how flawed their team is. I don't know anything about soccer, but just watching it, I could tell the rest of his team sucks, and it's just Messi out there. Yeah. And how frustrated he gets because the rest of his team sucks. <laughs> he has to do everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's different. I, I remember having a conversation, um, the difference between Ronaldo being kind of the best player on Portugal and Messi being the best player on um, Argentina. On Argentina, they require Messi to be the creative player. They require him to get the ball to do all of the creative, whereas Ronaldo is kind of the the uh, target man up top. So the team is job is to get him the ball in advanced situations so it's a different role that they play um so that was kind of what i was kind of trying to defend Messi, i guess with the detractors who are saying that ronaldo is was you know he's out too now but um doing more for his team it's like well Messi has to do a different role than just score goals which he you know failed to do but he created i would say all of argentina's chances in the tournament so yeah, said farewell to Messi, and we'll talk a little bit more about who else is out of the tournament and what that means, I guess, for the star power of the tournament in a little bit. Um, moving on the uh, to the upset of the tournament, I think, uh, Russia beating Spain in penalty kicks. Uh, looking back at this game, I still can't believe that Spain didn't win. <laughs> they had over 80% of the ball, 80, over 80% possession. Uh, they had over one thousand passes 1137 to 284 they outshot russia 25 to 6 but somehow only scored one goal in all of that um and as i said in the preview podcast uh, spain plays this possession style soccer but they often lack the ability to kind of make the creative pass or the penetrating pass uh, to create really good scoring chances they took 25 shots uh, almost all of them were outside of the box, so not real high percentage chances. Uh, and they've played this possession style for, I don't know, eight, ten years now. And as their players have kind of aged and they've brought in new players, they just seem to lack that definitive ability to create the chance after all that possession. Um, and as I said before the podcast, if that is not fun to you, you don't enjoy that, maybe you don't want to watch Spain play. Uh, and that really bore out here. They just couldn't break Russia down. Um, I still can't believe they lost. They got Putin, man. They're in, <laughs> they have Putin, they're playing in Russia. Isn't the v, the whole VAR, whatever they are, yeah. aren't they in Russia? They're located in Russia? Yeah. Yeah, okay, not surprised. <laughs> they're going to take, they're gonna take yeah. the whole thing. Russia's going to win the whole thing. I said it. Yeah, and Russia did w- score on a penalty, uh, on a handball, um, which I think was 
kind of borderline. I, I haven't gone back and looked at it as much as I, I probably should have, but um, that was really their only chance in the game was that penalty, and it's just soccer's a weird game sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Spain clearly the better team, uh, and maybe that's part of the fun of soccer, um, but can be frustrating uh, when the not-as-good team forces penalties right. off yeah. of a question. I don't even want to say questionable, off of a penalty uh, kick that they won. Uh, during the game, so it, it's just a tough one to stomach. Right, it's hard to beat. A, it's hard to beat a team that's doping and using <laughs> using technology to their advantage. So yes, sucks for Spain. Yes, it does. So that was Spain, Russia. Uh, other game I want to highlight: uh, Belgium and Japan. And I mentioned France, Argentina being the most exciting game. This would be right up there with it, and probably the most exciting to finish. Um, Japan had a corner kick. It was tied 2-2 two to two, uh, in the uh, dying embers of the game, as they say. And uh, the corner kick, Japan brought men forward. The corner kick went to Courtois in goal. He just rolled it out to De Bruyne, who ran down the field, played it out wide, uh, and then into space. Pass came through. Lukaku had a nice dummy, and uh, Chadley scored. It was a really exciting kind of, <laughs> kind of fast break goal. Um, but if you have a chance to go back and watch the replay, uh, if you haven't already, watch Lukaku's movement during the play because he creates all of the space that was then used to create the goal. Um, he runs, so as De Bruyne is bringing the ball up the field, he runs from the right to left, which opens up the space on the right wing where the pass went to, and then he doubles back and runs left to right, creates the space that Chadley runs into, you know, pulling defenders both times, uh, and then Chadley's open for the goal. So it's just a great piece of uh, movement by Lukaku that you don't, that doesn't get, I, I think, the recognition that it should, because he didn't yeah. didn't touch the ball in the in that counterattack, but he created everything in it. Um, so it was really neat. Uh, Look at Casey that. breaking down plays like John Gruden. Um, yeah. But this going back before you get to that, Japan was yeah. up two nothing, two zero, yeah, two zero in the what eightieth minute, seventieth, seventy fifth minute. Uh, yeah, so, late. So late. It was late two nothing. Yep. Um, and Belgium comes back to win three two. So this is the age old question: Did Japan lose it, or Belgium go out and win it? Well, it was because I think it was an ultimate choke job by Japan. Yeah. Well, I think it was the the. They had the game under control, I felt like, and then Vertonghen scored that weird header where he, I don't, he was like 25 yards out and headed it back across goal, um, and it ended up going in almost accidentally. <laughs> I don't think he intended to do that, uh, and if he did, I mean, what a what an amazing header <laughs> from that far away, and that changes everything. Then it's 2-1, then Belgium can bring the pressure forward, um, so I think it was almost a stroke of luck that... Belgium ended up doing that. Um, and you say it's a choke job by Japan. I was encouraged by Japan's performance because they went for it as an underdog, even up to the last corner kick where you could say, hey, just play back. Don't go for that goal. Make sure you see it out and you go to extra time. But they wanted to score that goal and ended up biting them. But so often we see like the, the Russias or you know later we'll talk about Colombia in a minute, just play a, a, a defensive style, try and take um, – the wind out of the sails of the game, but they went for it. They scored um, 
two goals and we're up. And it came back to bite him. But I think it was more encouraging performance from an underdog, which we don't often see in soccer. So I guess I give him credit for that. And you give Japan credit for losing, essentially. Yes. <laughs> it's for the way that they approached the game. Um, and I guess in the end, I think Belgium won it. Um, off of a little bit of luck, and then just their uh, attacking quality kind of showed through, showed through in the end. Um, and it was real uh, brutal loss for for Japan. But again, I think they played a a good game and um, a positive game, which you don't yeah. often see. Yeah, a lot of fan tears on that one. That was yeah. a good fan tear game. But as um, our friend Dan likes to point out, Japan still stayed after and cleaned up the stadium. So, oh, that's right. It's, <laughs> Why they made such a big deal about that. Yeah, it's the corner. Uh, Japan's corner, I guess, is they they're very polite and clean up after themselves. So, right, they um, stayed and cleaned the locker room. Even even in heartbreaking loss, they still are true to form and did that. So, shout out to the Japan fans, I guess. All right, anytime they want to come over to my house, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> welcome to do that. <laughs> um. All right, and the last game I want to touch on uh, in the quarters was uh, England-Columbia. This game was the last game of the uh, round of 16. And I went into this game thinking that I wanted England to win. Um, But Columbia decided to show up and not play soccer and just (laughs) foul for the whole game. Uh, It was incredibly frustrating uh, to watch. And I talked about how Japan played a positive game. Columbia came in and really played... I think a cynical game and really just tried to uh, prevent England from doing anything um, and really slow the game down. Uh, I mean, at one point England got a penalty kick where a guy essentially rode Harry Kane into the ground. They complained about it for about 10 minutes while they're complaining, they're pouring water and digging up the penalty spot. I mean, just real cynical stuff from Colombia. And now, uh, you know, I read today how Colombia is just complaining about the referee. Now, granted the referee, might not have done the best job in the world and um, was an American, so it was tough to see. You know, It's good to see that even when the United States men's national team doesn't make it to the World Cup, we can still have Americans underperforming, I guess. It's great to see. Um, but it was just really tough to watch. And then they were, to see them get rewarded after all of that with a, a last-second goal is just so frustrating. So when it went to penalty kicks, I really wanted England to win. <laughs> Uh, just because of the way the game went. And, man, it was unbelievable drama. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. I did the same thing going in thinking I wanted England, and uh, I ended up watching the game at a bar, and there was just a ton of uh, Columbia fans. Oh, man. Uh, So I got sucked in. I got sucked in real hard to to Columbia. Um, So, yeah, when that— Oh, so you were on the other side of it. Yeah, I was on the other side. You ended up for Columbia. Yeah, 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 because they were were fun fans. They were fun fans. They were going crazy. Yeah and yeah, so when that, that goal, that last minute goal happened, oh, it was on. It was uh, so crazy. Yeah. So yeah, the penalty kick was very, very dramatic. Yeah, and I should say that Columbia, and why I was surprised going into this game with the way that Columbia played is normally th- their fan base is very fun. They usually play a uh, very fun style of soccer, but they, they were missing James Rodriguez from this game out with an injury, who's their best player. So I think they just approached it differently and said, "I don't think we're." We have the team out here, which is disappointing because they still have really good players. They have Quad- Quadrado um, out on the wing, some other you know really good players that can still play good attacking soccer. And they just decided not to, and they decided to play a real cynical style, um, which is why I was I was disappointed in it. But 
yeah, as you mentioned, the, the Columbia fans going nuts, sending it to extra time and then eventually PKs. And it had the normal pressure of penalty kicks, but there's the added pressure of England's history of penalty kicks. Uh, they have uh, just in big tournaments failed essentially every time they've been in penalty kicks. I think it's three or four times. Uh, and not only that, their coach, current manager, um, missed the decisive penalty kick in the 96 Euros. So all of this <laughs> hangs over the team, the uh, you know, the nation of England, I guess. Like it's it's so much pressure on them and they just have this kind of expectation that if it goes to penalties, they're going to lose. So all that was looming over the penalty kicks. Um Jordan Pickford ended up making a pretty incredible save uh for being you know four feet tall or however tall he is. Um and and they came back not not only they, they came back not only they won the penalty kicks, they came back um from being down in penalty kicks to win. So it yeah. was unbelievable um Unbelievable drama, and England moves on. So that was, I guess, what I wanted to highlight in the the round of sixteen. Um, Let me go to the round of eight. Round oh, of no. eight, the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals. Yep. Yep. Uh, before we do that, we, eight. we talk. <laughs> we talked about uh, farewell to some of the players: uh, Messi, Ronaldo, a belated farewell to Germany and all their stars, Spain and all their stars. James Rodriguez, who was the breakout um, breakout player of last World Cup, I'd say. Um, so a lot of the big-name stars are already out. Uh, so I think it really opens up the field for a new star. Obviously, we still have uh, Neymar in there, um, but I think it gives an opportunity for somebody to kind of come forward and be the breakout star of the tournament. So I'm excited to see if somebody kind of steps up and takes that mantle. Maybe it will be Neymar in all his barrel rolls when he gets <laughs> fouled. <laughs> but uh, maybe there's somebody be somebody else. Mbappe made a strong case uh, during the Argentina game. We'll see if he can continue that going forward. But I'm excited to see who the new star will be. So that's something I think to look forward to. Uh, you know, if you were turning in to watch those guys, uh, you know, or those favorite teams, you know, I don't don't tune out yet because I think somebody's going to step up in and take that mantle. Um, but that was around round of 16 uh, onto the quarterfinals. We have a two-day break uh, from the games, which is just a chance for us to realize that there are only eight games left. Yeah, are you is, sad? Do you know what a, to do with yourself? Oh, man, it's 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 tough. It's <laughs> like after the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament where you're like, oh, we just have a couple games left. This is kind of sad. And some of the teams you wanted to see, uh, you know, if you're a Germany fan or a Spain fan, or some of the players you wanted to see aren't there. It's it's kind of kind of sad that you're not going to be able to see them. Uh, but still, some exciting games going forward. But this also uh, gives us a chance to break for a word from our sponsors. Are you ready for a word from our sponsors, Marlo? Yes. Let's so, do it. are you tired of seeing the same four commercials over and over again during the World Cup? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> just I don't I don't anyway, it's a different time. Focus on the, the, the from our sponsors. Well, then here's something different. Here's a same a shameless self-promotion from our podcast. We have been nominated to be nominated for the podcast awards. Uh so Marlo will talk you through how you can help nominate us to be nominated for these awards. So Marlo, thank, take it away. Thank you, Casey. All right, our fellow fans, we need your help. Uh, we are nominated to be nominated for the podcast awards, and here's how you can help out, and we'd be grateful for it. If you go to the podcastawards.com, click on listeners nominate. Yep. Uh, you click on listeners nominate. It'll have you sign in, and then you will be. We're in two categories. We're in the people's choice and the sports category. Um, you can select us 
in those two categories. The rest of the categories, feel free to have it. Uh, but we really would appreciate your help to get nominated for, to nominate us uh, for the for the podcast awards. I think the la- in the sports categories, I think some fantasy football podcasts has won the last four years, and that's stupid. Who wants to hear about fantasy football? <laughs> We're the newcomers. We're here to take it. We need yeah. your help. Please vote. Vote early. Vote often. Thank you to our sponsors. Ourselves. All right. <laughs> All right. So now we'll look ahead to the quarterfinals. We have uh, two games on Friday, two games on Saturday. Uh, man, this is wrapping up quick. Um, Friday, we have uh, Uruguay versus France. Uh, this is a really interesting uh, matchup of contrasting styles. You have France, who uh, would prefer to play an open game, uh, showcase their talent and skill and uh, athleticism. Uh, and Uruguay, who is a uh, very sound defensive team, uh, they've given up one goal so far in the tournament. Uh, they have uh, a lot of uh, their central defenders play on Atletico Madrid, who's a very defensive team uh, in Europe or in Spain specifically. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see who wins this contrast of styles if Uruguay can keep their form, defend against uh, France, or if France can break them open with their with their talent and speed. Um, I... My heart is saying France. I'd like to see France win. I think they're, uh, you know, I picked them so <laughs> win, so I have that going for me. Uh, uh, but they've been a really exciting team so far in this tournament. Uh, but my mind says Uruguay will hold it together and hold down the defense and um, sneak out a, a victory. I go with France. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think Mbappe. Yeah. Gonna be, he's gonna be a force. Oh, I did want to mention Mbappe uh, in this. He, he, we saw him kind of running into space uh, in in this game, or excuse me, in this game in Argentina against Argentina. Uh, I don't foresee that happening against Uruguay. As I mentioned, they're a much more solid defensive team, and if he, I think, if he gets into space, he is gonna be quickly <laughs> taken down or run <laughs> into by a Uruguayan. So. Um, if he can, uh, if he can get those spaces, I think that's you know kind of as I mentioned, what to watch for. If he can get those spaces, that's going to be great for France. But watch for Uruguay to take that, to take those spaces up and take those players out as they're going into into them. Um, but yeah, Mbappe has been really fun to watch. I, I agree. Um, on to Brazil, Benjamin Belgium. This is the uh, afternoon game on Friday. Uh, on paper, this has all the makings of a great game. Uh, there's a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, but I am a bit worried about Belgium's ability to keep up with Brazil. I think the game against Japan exposed some of uh, Belgium's defensive weaknesses, especially on the wings. They essentially have uh, wing uh, wingers playing wing back, <laughs> which is not great. So they have a lot. They seem to struggle tracking back against uh, other. Uh, players offensive uh, wingers and in Japan that caused some trouble Uh, they in the Japan game it caused some trouble creating two goals for Japan and in this game the players running into that space are going to be Neymar, Coutinho, Marcelo and Gabriel Gabriel Jesus so some of the best attacking players in the world will be running into occupying those spaces so I'm a little worried for Belgium's defense and on the flip side Brazil's uh, defense has been sneaky good. Uh, they have only given up one goal so far in the World Cup, and that was off a set piece, and given up only five goals in their last 22 fixtures. And I'm a little worried that Brazil is rounding into World Cup favorite form. 
they're Ooh. as I mentioned, their defense has been really solid. Uh, their midfield has really controlled the games, and their attacking players are some of the best in the world. I'm a little worried that Brazil's just going to run away with with this tournament uh, when we look back on it. Now that said, Jesus. I probably jinxed them. Yeah, you probably did. But then I'm going to say that I was saying that Brazil would be the favorite because they're always a favorite in the beginning, and you <laughs> laughed at me. <laughs> we always when this World Cup started. So if that yeah. does happen, I'm, I'm going to play that back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I laughed because you, I think I laughed because you were right. They are <laughs> usually the favorite going into it. Um, and I think, you know, with Germany and Spain being out, you know, I, I would almost say prohibitive favorites. They are on the tougher side of the bracket, but their team is just playing really, really good soccer right now. Um, so in this game, uh, I would watch that. The thing to focus on for this game, I think, would be those spaces outside on the Belgium defense. Can uh, Brazil take advantage of that, or can Belgium kind of shore that up, identify their weakness there, and um, hit uh, Brazil on the counter? We'll see, as I said. Uh, my, I think in, in this one, again, heart is leaning towards Belgium, and mine is leaning towards Brazil. I'm going with Brazil. All right. So France-Brazil, that would be... That would be an exciting semifinal. Uh, then we move on to Saturday. Uh, we got Sweden-England, uh, which is probably the least interesting game of the quarterfinals. Uh, Sweden brings a very defensive game, and they try to uh, counterattack and nick a goal to win 1-0. That's how they won against Switzerland. Um, hopefully it won't be in the same style of just fouling as uh, Colombia was. Uh, so we have a little bit of a flow to the game. Um, and I'm interested to see if the dramatics and uh, of the penalty kick for England means they'll just have a happy-to-be-here mentality um, or if they can kind of regroup and... Um, go forward and, and get another result. They should. Uh, they're a better team than Sweden, uh, but Sweden's played a lot of teams who, on paper, are better than them and been able to uh, play solid defensively and create just the one goal that they need to move on, and I guess three against Mexico, but I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I, what, I'm, what I'm watching to see in this game, uh, to see if England create a goal in open play, um, they have scored seven of nine of their goals on set pieces or penalty shots. Um, so I guess on the counter, other side of that is, you know, when they get those free kick opportunities, um, you know, really watch kind of the movement of their players off the ball uh, because they've been really good at creating space for them and creating those set piece goals. Uh, and I think that could be the where they get where they get their goal in this game. Uh, so something to watch for there. All right, last, the final uh, game of the of the, the quarterfinals will be Russia and Croatia. Uh, Russia should be the feel-good story of this tournament. They're the worst team by far left, but it's Russia. Yeah, and I just can't, can't feel get behind good it. for Russia. <laughs> oh, the, poor know, Russia. They're so uh, bad. Yeah. No. They're the, um, you know, the host nation. Uh, I just can't. I just can't get behind them. Uh, as we've seen against Spain, they have an ability to really uh, defend well um, and slow the slow the game down. Um, and Croatia has possibly the best midfield left in the tournament, but they haven't really used it to their advantage. They haven't kind of played through that midfield. They've played out wide 
and sent a lot of crosses, whipped a lot of balls into the box, which is fine. But when you have such a talented midfield as they have with Luka Modric and Ivan Rakitic, um, among others, you're really just kind of giving up your advantage. So I'm going to be watching to see if they can kind of create that decisive pass, play through the midfield with their you know, two best players and break down Russia in a way that Spain wasn't able to. I think they have the ability to do it and I think they have the talent to do it, but they haven't been playing that way yet. So I think they need to, to, to advance past Russia. Otherwise, it might come down to a referee decision and penalty kicks, which we've seen how that goes in yeah. Russia for Russia. Yep. So taking Russia in this game, and I think it's going to be Brazil, Russia in the final. Oh, my God. I I can't even handle that. I can't even. <laughs> I, can't, I don't even want to think about it. That'd be so sad. That'd be so sad. Uh, well, I will take uh, Croatia and I guess I, I, England, and I'll go with the Brazil-England. That's what I want to happen. And that's actually I want France England, so I want France England. I, I think Brazil England. All right, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it sucks if that's, France and Brazil on the same side. It would have been nice to see France Brazil final. Yeah, well, hopefully but, we'll get that in the in the in the semifinal at least. Yeah, um, and even a Brazil Croatia. That's all. If it's Brazil France England Croatia, that's what, I need it to be one of <laughs> two of those teams to be. Uh, it's, I was going to say to be an entertaining final. It's not like I'm not going to watch the final. But like, just from a rooting standpoint, if uh, okay, I just can't as if emotionally handle Russia going much farther, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love how every time we get to the end of these, you start emotionally breaking down. Yes. Uh, you, can, you can see the, the torment in your soul <laughs> as you go back and forth. Oh, man. But it's been fun. I hope it continues to be fun, and the teams that I root for continue to do well. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Or I convince myself to root for new teams <laughs> as that goes. But that's uh, that's it for the, the World Cup, I think, Marlo. Um, we are in the uh, getting down to, down to it. Only a few games left. Um, I think some interesting matchups, some not-so-interesting matchups. So I hope all our fellow fans uh, have enjoyed kind of – my attempt at breaking down the games and kind of uh, some things to watch forward or look forward to or focus on during the games. All right. That will be it for this special edition episode. We'll be back on Monday. I'll break down everything else that's going on in the week. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Happy 4th of July. Casey, you got anything else for them? Uh, I guess I can't tell them to be safe because the 4th of July will be over. Let me continue to be safe in your general life, I guess. Uh, but until next time, uh, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. We raise our flags and put our pride on our back. We feel it like a champion when we shine our light. We got the power, make the nation correct. One life, live it up, cause you got one life. One, one, one life, live it up, cause you got one life. One life, live it up, cause you don't get it twice. One, one, one life, live it up, cause you don't get it twice.
thousand roadblocks, one shot, one truth, no fears, one flag, all year. We've been waiting for this all year. We all at? We right here. Jump as all that room, I get 